Yeah. No. Well, there's That's a lot of people that, that like him. There's Facebook groups, and they kind of deify him even now. Yes. Oh, yeah. They do. Uh, well, yeah, it's easy when you're dead, yeah. <laughs> you had a killer voice, though. Hmm? Yeah. He, had a proper, he had a lovely voice, didn't he? I've heard yeah. some of his recordings. It was lo lovely to listen to. Yeah. 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 I never read much about him, but yeah, he... Yeah. That's the thing, you know... Uh, it's not the package, it's the message, yeah? So, yeah. See, if it works for you, just let it work. I mean, uh, you know, everyone doesn't have the same sort of spiritual shoe size. You have to find works for you, yeah? If, you've, if you feel cramped and you can't move in one shoe, uh, you know, there's a, there's a shoe in the same line of shoes, but it's got a better fit. Yeah. You don't lose you don't leave that line of shoes, you just get a better fit. Yeah. So this experience for me was just everything sort of built on what came before it. And I found out that I had the ability to be convinced. And that being convinced uh really has gone a long way. Yeah. Because what I see is a lot of people are trying to convince that which can't be convinced. Yeah. The head is a, a binary system. The head is like a two sided coin. So you'll be convinced on one side and then the circumstances will change or flip over and you're unconvinced on the other side. Yeah. So, uh, that's to me, the, the being convinced, bypasses that and you're convinced somewhere else i don't whatever you however you want to call it or whatever more what you're pointing to is what you're not you know i'm it's not from the thought system the thought system doesn't become convinced yeah it's something available that becomes convinced about the thought system really <laughs> you can you become convinced the thought system is a failed GPS basically it, it hasn't no matter how many upgrades you try to do on it it's fundamentally failed yeah so that's the that's the hard that's the reckoning really is uh is recognizing the failure of what you've been relying on you know that trusting something finite and it's not like the finite wasn't uh, developed enough or worked on or advanced or purified or, you know, put, put in new data. It's just a failed system. Yeah, Self-centeredness is a myopic way of looking at things. And especially when it's turned on this thing, it becomes very uh, obsessive, yes? It concentrates on this image of Paul. And it's like when you were a kid playing, uh, are we going to start? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, when, you, when you were a kid playing with, with bugs and stuff and you wanted to see them better, you get a magnifying glass from your father's drawer or whatever. And you go out there and you're looking at the bug 
unbeknownst to you, or like in the, like it says in the We Agnostics on page 53, without knowing it, without knowing it, I'm magnifying the sun that's over my shoulder onto the bug, and then I incinerate the bug just by looking at it, yeah? So I'm really interested in the bug, and that interest focuses the sunlight, and I burn the bug up. Well, that's what's happening to us. Yeah, that's what happens to us. Self-centeredness is like a two-way magnifying thing. There's a magnification of the outside and then a real magnification on the Paul. Yeah, and that too much light, too much attention and interest focused on that burns it up. Yeah, it creates, it sort of like wants to move out of that light it wants to get loaded or something. It wants to get relieved or escape that, yeah? And uh, it will try so many methods to escape from, from the system, but all the methods are contained in the system. So it's a failed system. The system sort of causes many of us to want to escape from it and the escaping from it reinforces the system, yeah? Self can't get out of self. So what happens when self is constantly trying to get out of self? It's reinforcing the in-self, yeah? I don't know if we see that clearly. So the constant wanting to get out of self as self, with see, we don't see it as self. We see it as Paul. So the constantly wanting to get out of self makes sense as Paul. But if Paul is AKA self, then it gets caught by that statement, self can't get out of self. So basically, if undisguised, self, Paul can't get out of self. Yet that's what Paul's trying to do most of the day, really, in some respect, yeah? And so the system reinforces itself by wanting to escape from itself. But who would have thunk? Who would have who known that? But you've you hopefully come to know it by its incredible defeat of your life, yeah? How small it's made us, seemingly. How confined and claustrophobic. Yeah. So we try to get out of it in a big way, you know, like shooting cocaine so we feel it in a half a second or getting drunk before 12 noon, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> Some kind of sense of having power and managing because I can manage myself into a state of oblivion far out. Yeah, you're a great manager. But basically it gives you some sense of control because you feel life's out of control. You know, you're so dependent on other people, what you think other people are thinking of you or circumstances or someone who you don't really like has money over you or whatever. There's tons of things that seem to compromise us all day. And I mean, we make deals with the devil on a daily basis, you know, just with a fear of, you know, I'll do almost anything to be, to feel like I'm gonna be taken care of. I'll live a loveless life, I'll do whatever. This is unbelievable, man. To me, there's so many forms of the slavery and most of them, you don't even know you have the chains on. You know, you just, you know, if, you, if someone's sort of awake to being awake, they can hear the jangling of all the chains all day. 
They can see, they can see fellow uh, slaves in a sense. And so what would that, you know, what would that compel someone to do but to offer some kind of clarity around the problem? Because you'll find out the solution. What we need is clarity about the problem. There's no, how can you have clarity about that which is indescribable? You can't have clarity about that. You have clarity about what can be described. And you know what? Alcoholism was described really well in 1935 to 39 when they put that book together. It described alcoholism and it gave people a way out of what there was no way out of until then. I mean, I've done, you know, I've done uh, talks in churches and then in the main area of the church, they'd have an altar and a big Bible, a big freaking book. And they'd have a turn to a page. And one day I was looking at the page it was turned to. It was turned to some psalm from the Old Testament. And they were bitching about winos in there. Like they can't, what can we do with them? You know, there's no fucking, you know, this just basically hopeless cases. Yeah, that was way back then. Nothing changed until 1935 or 39. Maybe a few people would have their come to Jesus moment or whatever, but there was no basic uh, uniform or large scale solution to alcoholism. Yet we have one now. Yeah. And basically most of the book is talking about the problem. Yeah. So that we seemingly as the problem can identify it and maybe see we're not it, you know, maybe instead of calling all these resentments mine, I can see them as resentments. Sort of like, I see the day today as a light blue. I put on certain sunglasses, it darkens all the blues. Yeah? Yeah? If I take the sunglasses, it goes back to the light blue. So basically, I put on the sunglasses of obsession with self or the glasses, I see resentments. I see threats. I think I see fear things to be afraid of and then I see magically into what's not happening to concern a lot of unease and to entertain oh I could have cancer you don't right now but I could and therefore the head just runs away with these freaking ideas and it's just enslaved to trying to it's sort of like trying to herd cats yeah all day there is a solution I mean I mean a real solution. We see the application of the program getting varying different results, but there is a solution. Yeah. The degree of the solution will be based on maybe getting to the exact nature of the wrong. It does, it's not based on getting to the exact nature of the right. That you'll find out. It's based on getting to the exact nature of the wrong. Tell me what the exact nature of the wrong is. Selfishness, self-centeredness. Where does that come from? All those things that come after the word self. So the selfishness is of self. The self-seeking and frightened is of self. The inconsideration, the dishonesty, basically you can say are all of self. Well, what's that? What is self? Yeah. Can we only know it's by its manifestations in our life? Maybe by its manifestations, 
when we see self manifestations, resentments, fears, her harming other people in the pursuit of what we want, a constant irritability, restlessness, and discontent, maybe, maybe it will infer self, but what is the activity of self? Yeah? What is that? What's the exact nature of it? You can tell me the effects, you can tell me how it manifests, but what is allowing those manifestations to dominate our lives? Like it says on page 64, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. We're the us, what the hell is self? What is self, what is that same activity producing the same effects in a myriad amount of different hosts, different people. What is it? Yeah? What isn't it? Thank God it isn't you. That's the beautiful news. It's not you. Yeah? You're not a hopeless, you're not in a hopeless state of mind and body. You're in a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. It's appearing to you that it's hopeless. It's not hopeless. Yeah? When you're identified as the exact nature of the wrong, it's gonna see it's gonna seem to be completely hopeless. But you're not that. Yeah. What is that? The feeling of being the doer when doings occur. Yeah. All day, every doing that comes out of me, yeah, every doing is lazily claimed to imply the one doer. Paul has been the one doer of all the doing through Paul's life, yes? Yet, step one, we were powerless over alcohol. Our lives have become unmanageable. I am powerless over alcoholism, yes? Alcoholism now starts doing through me what I would never do by me, yeah? It starts doing shit I would never do be again, yeah? Why are we still holding on to the old idea that all that behavior I demonstrated under the influence of intoxication and fucking drug addiction, yes? I'm the doer of all that behavior. I did it. Did you really? When I left that night at seven and at night, Did I do all that shit that led me to get run over by a fucking car? Or maybe I wouldn't have gotten run over by a car if I wasn't fucking high on Quaaludes and Grand Manier. And why did I drink Quaaludes and Grand Manier? Because I was bored. Why was I bored? Because I have an incredible anxious mind that demands fucking action. Yeah. I can't rest. I can't enjoy peace of mind. I'm driven by these hundred forms of what? Of self, yeah? Led me, go, led me to go out on a freezing cold Sunday night to a bar I had already been to and had seen there was no one there except the bartender and the waitress. And when after I got home, in an hour, I thought a huge party had erupted. Like suddenly, this freezing cold night became another New Year's Eve. And I was missing something. Yeah, I was missing the getting hit by a big fucking car. That's what I was missing. I thought I was missing meeting my fairy princess, but no, that was false advertising. What I was missing was getting hit by a Chevy Monte Carlo. 
and not enough getting hit once to have it back up over me. Yeah. That's where fucking this slavery leads me. Yeah. And now I've had, now I've been at the effect of those consequences of 80, 900, what is that? 40 years has produced consequences in my physical life. That one fucking crazy idea. Oh, maybe I should go back to that bar. Yeah. Which I had no defense against. If you keep calling what's presenting itself as you, you, you're fucked. Either on a minor level, but, or maybe on a very flamboyant level, but you're going to be fucked. Yeah, it's just that simple. Because it has a parasitical nature. For it to grow, you must sort of die. Yeah, not dead, but slowly getting every of the life sucked out of you. Yeah, I saw it happen to my mother. My mother was a powerful freaking woman. And after a few years of alcoholism, as she got older, she would come home to work, drink herself asleep on the couch every fucking night. Every night. It was one of the most frustrating things to see this powerful person I called my mother become totally, totally, totally fucking all the air like pressed out of her. Yeah. And then I'd come home, she'd be sound asleep. I'd try to turn the volume up on the TV. You couldn't hear anything. And she'd immediately wake up and say, what are the neighbors going to think? It was insane. It was totally insane. Who gives a shit what the neighbors think? It's in our house, yeah? But this is how she lived. Fucking unbelievable, yeah? She was outmatched just like we're all outmatched, yeah? Get to the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah. If you take it a step back, it always says resentment, self, resentment, self, self, self. Well, take a step back and see how self is self you or isn't it? Bill W. has made the difference very clear. Being convinced that self manifests in various ways has defeated us. What is the us? Yeah. Self is not ego. It's not an idea that you're having about you. That self is the feeling of the one who has the ego, who lost the ego. It's the feeling of the one that's produced when any action happens through you, even though you've been possessed by a fucking demon. When you come to a couple hours later, you'll claim to be the doer of all that behavior. That's the bondage of self. Yeah. That's the bondage of self. It's an activity going on right now. The mental state is claiming you to be something you're not. Yeah? To the point you're searching to become more like you really are. You want to have a spiritual condition as a mental fucking condition. You are a spiritual condition. We are a spiritual condition, first and foremost. There's mental conditions, physical conditions, circumstantial conditions, but the mental condition is not in the supreme position. It comes way after the spiritual condition. Yet the spiritual condition has become subordinate to the mental condition. And that's where the problem resides. The problem resides in the mind. Yeah, There is no spiritual malady, it's a mental malady.
So what happens if maybe you entertain an idea and then you get relief from the problem you were entertaining the idea about? And then that relief stabilizes. And now you're on a new basis, yeah? Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. And you're not trying to trust the infinite from finite self. It's not like convincing finite self to trust the infinite, no. It's a moving of the faith from the finite to the infinite. It has nothing to do with the finite having faith in the infinite. It doesn't. You have no faith in the finite in a way. Now you're going to be directed by a power greater than self. Yes? Now you're going to get information that hasn't been filtered through that myopic point of view. Now you're going to have less resentments, not because there's a, a quantity of resentments out there. You're going to see things in a new light. Yeah, you're not going to see imaginary threats like you used to. You're going to be able to be available to yourself and others right now because you won't be obsessed about what's not happening. You'll be very clear it's not happening. Yeah, and you'll be engaged with what's happening. Finally, fucking finally. And that will be your new basis, a new basis. Now, you may think you're going back to the old way, but at least you've been established in a new way. You're trusting something infinite. Yeah, that's established now, okay? Oh, I'm afraid I'm gonna go back to the failed system. That's the failed system advertising to us. Like there was a great master in India. Your head is in the tiger's mouth, it's too late. You've been moved over to the infinite. <laughs> Something is doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves right now. We're all sober, hopefully. <laughs> Where the miracles are all around us. We just don't have eyes to see it. We're more concerned, oh, will it be available tomorrow than to enjoy it now? Do you think you enjoy peace of mind tomorrow? No, you enjoy peace of mind now. It's the freedom from tomorrow. That's the peace of mind. It's the freedom from yesterday. That's the peace of mind. Uh, you know, you and I are going to make what AA is going to be for us. We are. AA is a way of life, but we're going to give the color to it. Yes, we do have a role here, not as the one who does all the steps, but beyond that, we are actually the solution. We are the solution. Yeah, we are. We are the power greater than self. We really are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny, but... We give this thing the higher powers always available at all times, right where I am. Hey, wait a minute. Maybe I am the higher power. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> when did I become the higher power? I didn't become the higher power. Where, the question would be, where did I unbecome the higher power? You haven't. <laughs> You've just been taking yourself to be something else. You've taken a hopeless state of mind of body to be real when it's not. It's appearing to be real to you. We're reality. Yeah, we are reality. <laughs> we are. 
So, yeah, there is a solution. Yeah. I mean, really, a real solution. Not this solution in a way, at first, you may have to, it's sort of like an ointment for a rash. Maybe the rash is so severe, you're going to have to put the ointment on every half hour. But over time, the ointment is going to take care of the rash and you won't have to apply it every half hour, yeah? You'll be free from the fucking rash. You'll outgrow fear. You'll outgrow resentment. This is the process of perhaps there's a better way of trusting something infinite rather than finding itself. One of the things you observe is you're outgrowing fear. You're outgrowing resentments. You observe it. You observe the trip. You're not two levels below a coconut. You can see things are changing eventually. Yeah. And you know you had really nothing to do with it. You just went along with the way of life. Yeah. You didn't have to, you're not a trailblazer. You didn't devise a new way of life. You've just accepted a way of life that has worked for people before us with the same fucking tyranny, the bondage of self. So, I mean, thank God the road's already well worn. We just have to follow the cues. (laughs) And then mind will do the rest. Yeah. 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 So there you go. I'm happy to I'm happy to be here today. It's a beautiful day here. Sounds like it. Fantastic. Thank you very much. So I'll just do a quick intro because um, we kick right off there just to say um, if you've never been here before, you probably realize that it's being recorded. This is not an AA meeting. Um, so we, we Paul H's reflections on the 12 steps, the big book and anything, uh, anything in between, anything he cares to discuss on the day, which is always going to be entertaining and it's fantastic stuff. And you can go, if you've never been before, he's got a, Paul's got a, his website's zenbitchlap.com where you can get all of his books. There's some really good books on recovery, um, a lot of his videos and his audio and documents and stuff. So uh, yeah, I thoroughly recommend you go to that. And it's question time now. So there's no hands raised there. So um, I, like I might I might kick it off. And it's something that, um, that you spoke about last week and you touched on it. Um, you, said, you mentioned the thing about drunk Buddhists, and I was quite interested in that. And I love what you said about the exact nature of the wrong and, and, and getting that, that thing about being mesmerized by the, by the small self or whatever you want to sort of say about it. But can you explain to me the drunk Buddhist thing a little bit more? Because um, I know there's, there's been a bit of a lot of people get really spiritual before they sort of discover the steps or they get overtaken by the spiritual side of things or you know, that narrative of, of the spirituality. Um, can you just explore that a little bit? Like the importance of going to meetings. Well, How yeah. Does- yeah. Well, well, this is just an observation. Yeah. The head wants to get what it would think is an easier, softer way. So a lot of times when it's shopping, it's really looking for a replacement for AA. Not an add-on or an addition, but a replacement. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. it doesn't like the people, it doesn't like the word God or whatever. And mm-hmm. so what occurs is, which I believe, Buddhism is a very, an add-on to a recovered life. It can be awesome. Yeah. But a replacement of AA, I don't think so in a lot of ways. Because AA is directed at alcoholism. And alcoholism is 
of the brain and the body, yeah? And so, just like if, let's say, a diabetic woke up, would they stop taking insulin? Of course mm -hmm. not. Their body needs insulin. Well, a lot of times people don't see the significance of the brain-body uh, relevance here. And they think everything is mind, yeah? And so they think, I'll just use Buddhism to replace the steps and helping other alcoholics and shit like that. And they tend to get drunk, yeah, mm -hmm. because uh, the action figure, the way we're comprised, AA's uh, is the perfect prescription, so to speak. Yeah, that's why it was just a little joke. And actually, mm -hmm. it came from uh, years ago. I was doing some talks, and a guy came up to me, and in the '70s there was a a Buddhist stuff started happening in Colorado called the Naropa Institute. And it was based on this guy, Trungpa Rinpoche, this Tibetan guy. And this guy was there at the beginning. And he said, you know, there was a lot of people from recovery there. And some of the people, they tried to synthesize the Buddhism into the AA. And the others just started doing Buddhism. And he observed that most of the ones who just started doing Buddhism got drunk. The other people that take the basis of AA and try to add on the Buddhist view stayed sober. Yeah, it was a pretty good societal little experiment, and I remembered that a lot, and that's mm. what I used it for, because I've seen it happen in my own life, not on a big scale, but people leaving AA and then getting loaded when they're on a high level of spiritual advancement, and they, they get drunk. <laughs> mm. That's all. It's just, uh, and it's just, I like to fuck with people anyway. So, yeah. You do. <laughs> One of those days, it's going to be good. Let's go. All right. Mike, the next question from Mike. That's really good. Somewhere. Oh, mate, absolutely. Absolutely. Not, is the sun out where you are? Is it? Are you having a good day then? Yeah. Uh, it's been, the sun's always out here. Yeah. This is Northern good. California. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I'll give you a call later on, actually. It's something I wanted to ask you a favor from. But, um, Mike O? I won't you lend you any money, so don't ask. You sure? That was, I was going to get the credit card details. You promised them once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you swore. You swore. Mike has all my passwords. Just go to Mike. He can get okay. everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's, given me, he's only given me three, so I need he the rest now. He yeah. manages my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Mike. Thanks, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Mike O, over to you, mate. Thanks very much. Hi, Paul. Um, great to be here. Question that I was fearful to ask last week, but um, I wanted to ask about feelings. And where negative feelings like anger, sloth, you know, would be a negative feeling, I would see as self. Are positive feelings like love just the same, just self? So if we are with spirit, if we are having any feelings at all, is that just a portrayal of self? No, no, the feelings are going to occur, but the having of the feeling or the claiming of the feeling is different, yeah? So feelings happen. 
but let's just just notice this feelings happen and then there's a claiming of the feelings to imply the feeler yeah so they get attributed to the one person so usually it's easier to attribute the one person the good feelings and then we make up something called ego or something for the bad feelings but there's an identification as the feeler with both qualities yes mm -hmm. so there's that's the whole point the feelings are feelings they're happening anger anger happens love happens but there's an activity of claiming to be the one you know the the one who's angry and the one who's in love yeah that's where the self uh that's the glue of the self bonding yeah so just look at if you read in about i think it's page 63 or something where he talks about a person being virtuous and kind and that's still being self-will yeah mm. you know what i mean so yeah. basically whatever is happening that uh, there's an activity a mental activity that's claiming that activity to imply the one person yeah right. so the feelings are feelings yeah some are much nicer to ride than other feelings but basically uh i'm not talking about the feelings at all i'm talking about the ownership of the feeling right okay yeah so just let's say it's very clear to me when i was out there using that something took me over and acted through me i mean some of the insane shit that happened i could never even have thought of doing yeah yet something was promoting these behaviors and i could see there was a claiming of everything that was done while I was out, let's say on that three day run, and then I would end the three day run or something or seven day run. And then there would be the guilt and shame for all that had happened. Yeah. So the claiming of the behavior brought a bonanza of guilt and shame when I was subdued or I stopped using or stopped drinking. And I had that, they call it that cycle of, uh, of, of, you know, you're sorry and you know shit like that terribly guilty that's all coming from the owning of the behaviors yeah right. it's much different if you're accountable for the those behaviors to me f feeling like i did all that shit caused me to try to avoid all amends really yet when i saw that i didn't do that shit that I actually would have done what I did to that individual to anyone, unless you could physically stop me, then I had the motivation to make amends because I did, I saw it as something other than me that had done all that shit. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm speaking mostly of. I really feel one of the greatest lackings of the relief of the program is the guilt and shame people carry from based on the behaviors that something did through them. They're still getting the mental state is still harvesting guilt and shame from shit that it says I did 33 years ago. That to me is the bondage of self. Really. I made my amends. I showed up. I was accountable. It's like me. If I have a dog and my dog shits on the neighbor's lawn, right? And then the neighbor flips out 
calls me up and says, hey, bro, your dog shit on my lawn. So I'm accountable. That's my dog. Yeah, I didn't take a shit on the lawn. So I go over to the lawn, I clean it up, and I go home, and I pretty promptly pretty forget it because I did. I showed up, cleaned the shit, and that was it. Now, if I thought I shat on the lawn, and then I thought I remember I've been shitting on a lot of people's lawn, and I'm a shitter of other people's lawns, there would be a whole identity built on that, and there'd be guilt and shame circulating constantly, because even if I hadn't shit on someone's lawn, I'm, I'm fearful I'm going to shit on someone's lawn. It wasn't me that shat on the lawn, it was the dog, yeah? Everyone calls it my dog, but it was the dog. It wasn't, it wasn't, ex, it wasn't an extension of me. It's my, it was very clearly not me. So this is the dilemma. I find... Even when the problem is dragged to the solution, it limits the effects of the solution greatly, in my view. It really does. It, you know, the sky's the limit becomes like a 12-foot ceiling at most, yeah? Yeah, so I don't know. I feel, yeah. I have a big thing about responsibility and accountability. I think they're distinctly different. People believe if you're not responsible, that's shirking all this duty. I don't see it that way. I do not believe uh, I did a lot of the shit that happened out there. That's not been my experience. I feel like something drove me, something used me as transportation, something used me as an expression. It's like a weird picture being painted, yeah? I was the brush, definitely, but I wasn't the artist. Yeah, I'm very clear about that. Because now I'm still the brush, but now I have a different artist painting my mural of life. Yeah, and it's a completely different artist than the one before, but it's the exact same brush. So I don't believe the brush has painted anything. It's used to paint. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the bondage of self is just that. It's the claiming of being the one who did a lot of shit you didn't really even do. The being the one who, who's the thinker, the feeler, the toucher, the taster, when basically life is thinking, feeling, tusting, tasting. I think life is a verb, and we're trying to like saddle it with a noun called Paul. I do. And I think it's slavery, literally. I, I really do. I mean, who would best, who would best know what slavery was but a slave? Yeah, a past slave would be able to say exactly what sl slavery was like because they've been freed from that enslavement. Yeah. Yeah. So, anger comes up. Now, if it's my anger. It may motivate me to act and do something that's going to tattoo me and I may get a three-year prison sentence, yeah? Or ruin a relationship or something like that. It's the ownership of it. Yeah, it's the ownership of it that gives it power. Alcohol, al alcoholic thoughts are alcoholic thoughts. When they're called my thoughts, they can, then they compel actions, yeah? It's not an alcoholic thought that compels the action. It's an alcoholic thought misidentified as mine that compels the action.
What leads me to fuck it are my thoughts, not alcoholic thoughts. Yeah? Your alcoholic thoughts are not leading me to fuck it. But an alcoholic thought in here, held as mine, has the ability to lead me to fuck it. See what's what, you know? Please. Start there. At least start naming certain thoughts alcoholic thoughts so you have a little space between you and them, yeah? And hopefully they'll be put to bay where they're never going to manifest the fucking behavior because that's when you get consequences. That when, that's when you get tattooed. If I have a thought in my head that I hate my girlfriend for seven years, three years, maybe 40 times, and I never say it, there's no effect on the relationship. I say it once, hey, I hate you. There's a big effect on the relationship. Huge, yeah. It's the same fucking thought, but somehow it finally coupled with my, and I go, I'm going to tell you how I feel. Fuck you, whatever. And then the shit hits the fan. Why do we want to not know how things develop here? Why? Why wouldn't you want to see the ever-shifting ground that you're standing on? Why wouldn't you want to check things out and find out what's going on? Or just, why do you want to walk around just assuming everything is the way it is? It isn't that way. It's like we're a constant photograph being developed, yeah? And the developing of the picture is going to be based on the chemistry it's put in, yeah? Is the chemistry of all our pictures being developed self-centeredness? You're going to see as if you're a victim or you've been fucking left behind or you're unlovable or something like that. That's how you're, you're going to be given a fucking mind-made narrative. And everything is just going to be fit into that. Yeah, I'm a loser. <clears throat> I'm always going to be a loser. Whatever. Yeah. It's like putting your foot in a shoe that's too small. Yeah? You can't entertain, you know, trying another pair, God forbid. So you just try to make do with the one you got on. It sucks. It's uncomfortable. I'm just sharing from a member's eye view. You know, I felt like it came from fucking God, the information. I do. And I've been relieved on a, such a level of stabilization that you couldn't write a blog about. It's so ordinary. I'm just awake to being awake, yeah? I do not believe I'm the thinker of the thoughts. I do not, my day isn't overrun by yesterday and tomorrow. I mean, I see blue as blue and red as red. The horse is in front of the cart and I'm telling you, what, the, what the, the root of the problem is, is the bondage of self, and it's an activity. It's not like something that ever happened. It's always saying it has already happened. It never occurs. It's, a, it's just an advertising, constantly convincing us of something. Yeah, so. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Um, just before we go to Kristen, who's got his hands up, and Jack G, Caden London has asks, how do you distinguish alcoholic thoughts from your own thoughts? 
<laughs> uh, let's say you've you've heard if you've gone to any meetings after in a few months you've probably gotten a certain uh compilation of basic alcoholic thoughts yes because a lot of people have shared them <laughs> so i mean now you have a little like a cheat sheet you can <laughs> every once in a while you'll recognize it's sort of like an uninterrupted my, 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 and then one of alcoholic thought. You'll recognize one, and that will lead to recognizing others. And then basically, you'll see the whole thing is bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, just start with one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, so, Kristen, unmuted. Over to you. Hi, Paul. Hey. Um, so maybe you just actually answered this in what you just spoke about from Dave, but I just want to get something clear with this question. So you're saying the exact, are you saying that the exact nature of the wrong is that I'm identified with the parasitical movement of my yeah. mind that yeah. claims to be me having a body and that it puts that in time called the future and in the future I will fill in the blank. Yes. Okay. Active identified, yes, with the parasitical movement. So like when I came in, AA said, you gotta be willing to save your ass instead of your face. But when I came in, I thought my face was my ass, yeah. So there's an image we're living from and as and that image is manufactured and reinforced <clears throat> by the mental state. And the parasite lives very, very, very uh, comfortably in that image. Yeah. 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 So if you keep calling it you, you're not going to see resentments as manifestations of self. You're going to see them as yours. Yeah. You're not going to see fear as manifestations of self. You're going to see them as yours. And so now you become the manufacturer of your own misery. How are you going to get out of that? If you're the manufacturer of your own misery, how are you going to get out of that? Stop, stop manufacturing misery? Well, if you could have, you would have a long time ago. Right. But if you're not the manufacturing of misery, then there's a possibility available. I can be free from that which is manufacturing misery. Right, okay. If I'm identified as it, I cannot be free from it. I have to try to be free as it, which right. is going to make you have a more miserable life. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. So the, this is what happened with me very clearly. When I saw self as something foreign to me, then the possibility I can be free from it showed up. Yeah. And it showed me that I've been trying to be free as it since I've been six years old. So right. I was caught in the statement self can't get out of self. I had, I could not understand that because I was calling one of the selves in that statement, Paul. And I believe Paul could get out of self, which failed miserably because every time I get out of self, there was Paul and yeah. there was, yeah. So now I saw something through that Paul is self. So I am not Paul. I'm not the Paul I'm thinking I am. That's a foreign, 
fucking image. Far out. Now Paul can be free from that. Yeah? Because I'm not that. Right. And then that opened up a possibility that has come to pass on whatever quality or level it has, but it has stabilized sufficiently that I travel lighter through life as Paul. And that traveling lighter doesn't come from Paul. Paul's not doing it. Paul isn't the source of it. Yeah. And I'm very clear that something has done for me or has done for Paul what Paul could never do for itself, which is being free from Paul. <laughs> because basically that's what Paul wanted. Freedom from Paul. It's not available as Paul. <laughs> so yes, that's how I see it. I think there's an original, there's, I think there's a, an addictive nature already to the mental state. And I believe alcoholism amplifies that. Yeah. I believe the, the, the underlying addiction is that's before alcoholism is the addiction to being the thinker, the doer, the feeler, the, all that. Yeah. The seer, yeah. the taster, the toucher, the one that addiction is primary and alcoholism amplifies some of its, let's say less flattering, attributes. So like if I'm, I have a streak of jealousy in me, if I drink and use, I'm up on stalking charges, you know, things, it amplifies, <laughs> let's say the hindrances of my life. And it doesn't really embellish like virtue or compassion or empathy. Fuck them. It's all about me. You know, <laughs> like that. So <laughs> I think when you start recovering from alcoholism, it's going to lead you to the underlying problem, which is I, the bondage of self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> self doesn't need to drink or use. Yeah. Because self is claiming to be the drinker and the user. That's the, the addiction of self. The addiction of self doesn't need any chemical or liquid. Yeah. Because if you take chemicals and liquids, it's claiming to be the one doing it. That's right. the addiction. It's not an addiction with any quantity or any, any, uh, substance. It's a mental substance it's addicted to. And so it's now, it, it finally came to the point of claiming that it was an alcoholic and now it's claiming to be a recovered alcoholic. The bondage of self migrates into the solution. It does. Yeah. 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 So that's all. I mean, at least, you know, <laughs> I don't think they would have said you have to get down the causes and conditions and the exact nature of the wrong of the wrong, unless they thought that was pretty damn important, you know? And so, I don't feel they actually got to the exact nature of the wrong. They only had four years of sobriety when they wrote the book, though I don't think they even wrote it. I think it's a download, really. And yet I think people who have come after them are they are adding on to it, which it says in the vision for you. You know, this this power is going to constantly reveal to us more shit. Yeah, well, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Don't blame me. It's not for me. 
it's it's just a message. I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> it hasn't made me many friends. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> it severely limited my career as of, as being a circuit speaker and shit. <laughs> it hasn't advanced my uh, <laughs> my reputation in a lot of ways. But what can you do? Yeah. If something comes through and it rings a bell that is so that has that keeps echoing to this day, what's one to do? Yeah. Put it out there and let go of the results. I mean, I haven't really I mean, it hasn't been good for my social standing in a lot of ways in the community of recovery it hasn't been it's been a tough slog in a certain way because uh i thought people would be more interested in the idea but uh, it hasn't gone over well it almost got it got a lot of people pissed off still does mm. <laughs> i was surprised by all that i was and then i i wrote i I made up a story, I can think I'll use it now, the Poopa Scoopa story, to try to illustrate a point, which is uh, this guy, I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but this guy, a lot of people are starting to have a lot of trouble on their lovely backyards. There's a lot of shit, you know, they're finding a lot of shit in their yards and they can't seem to uh, wish it away or fucking... A shovel doesn't seem to be working. So they, this one guy comes upon a solution, which is a pooper scooper, like a little handheld thing. And he gets really good at picking up shit. And then he decides he, he learns how to use two at a time. And the people who are having the same problem hear about him and he's asked to speak at meetings. And he talks about his success at picking up shit. And then he becomes a circuit speaker and... He writes a book and puts out YouTube tutorials. He starts having autographed models of pooper scoopers. He becomes, he has a solution to the problem. Yeah, and he's a big, has a lot of respect in the world of shit removal and stuff. <laughs> and so one day a guy comes in and says, hey, I heard you have a problem. He says, no, I don't have a problem. I got the solution to it. And the guy goes, okay, well, why don't you just find the dog? Yeah. So you would think the guy would rush to that solution. See, but the solution, finding the dog, threatens his solution, which is managing shit. Yeah. If you get rid of the dog, there ain't going to be any shit to manage. You won't, no more tutorials, no more fucking speaking tours. <laughs> so you would think he would rush and, you know, embrace the solution but he doesn't there's a mental investment in his solution but the thing is in this case we're identified as the dog and we don't want to find the dog yeah that's the last thing we want to do i'm telling you yeah the dog you think you're the dog but you're not the dog that hallelujah so put down those pooper scoopers and get rid of the dog I don't know, but the, but I got 500 pooper scoopers in the garage. All right, well, see, 
And I got fucking ordered, you know, a leather jacket with Poopa Scoopa Master. Yeah, fuck, of course. Then he'll sprinkle shit on lawns himself, you know, because he's got to keep his livelihood going. But the, but the solution is get, get rid of the dog, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Get rid of the dog. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. All right. Maybe I can just train it better. Okay, try to train it. It's going to shit. <laughs> but hey, you know, it's up to you. <laughs> I'd rather go the easier, softer way. <laughs> uh, whatever. All right, next question. Thank you very much. Uh, thank I don't even know what the question was. We just went somewhere. Sorry. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. Oh, you did great. Thank you. Yeah. This is that Kristen. So, uh, Jack G, I can't seem to see your face there, mate, but Jack G, over to you. Hi, Paul. Hi, everybody. This hey. is uh, Jack, Jack G from Boston. So, I'm very new here. This is the second time I've been to the 12-step uh, talk. And uh, I, I've actually tried to get on a few of the uh, um, non-dual uh, non talks, but I uh, haven't had any luck. Um, you can't get on there? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's uh, weird. It says the meeting's uh, preparing, and, uh, you know, it's it's the normal screen before the meeting starts, and it just never seems to start. So I don't know. That might be my fault from uh, just, I hope, from just one meeting, because somebody else contacted me, and I had the wrong time for, um, I forget That's which Mike it speaking. It's not, the, it's not the voice of God. It's Mike. <laughs> Okay. Right. Yeah. So that, that happened twice. Oh, really? So maybe I had it wrong more than one day. Sorry. If I may, oh, uh, it also try made it. Again, it try it again Wednesday. Hopefully, it'll work. Yeah. I would maybe I would maybe uninstall Zoom and reinstall it. You might have an older version as well, mate. Um, no, actually, I just did that recently in the okay. past few weeks. I did we'll I did install the new version. Let's get. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Uh, Paul, I, I just wanted to say, I, um, like I said, this is my second time at this uh, particular teaching. Um, and, uh, but I've, I've, in the past week, I've watched a bunch of the uh, recorded ones. So I've, I just wanted you to know I found it, I have found it very helpful. Um, and uh, just really great stuff. Um, so I'm going to keep tuning in. I'll, I'll be around. Um, I, um, I, and I, I was thinking about, um, you know, I'm one of those Buddhists that, that, uh, that, um, I should say I'm one of them, uh, alcoholics that turned into a Buddhist and, uh, drank again, mm. but, um, and I'm not going to tell my story here. I know that's not what we're here for, but I just want to say. I drank again, not because I became a Buddhist. I drank again because I failed miserably in the sixth and seventh step. And that's what brought me to Buddhism. Anyway, 
I, I'm not going to say any more about myself. I had a teacher that used to say all the time, life is coming from you, not at you. And uh, that's, that's kind of a message that I've, I've, yeah, I, I've related that message to what you've been teaching. Um, yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm just slowly trying to um, figure everything out here. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. I, well, well, no, yeah, yeah, right. I, I totally get that. But um, um, I really don't have a question because, like I said, you've been teaching in a way where it has landed for me. So, you know, when it lands, uh, there's, there's really no questions to ask. Now, repetition is a good thing. And that's yes. why I keep coming back and, and I keep listening to you teach the, you know, it's, it, it, it's all been very similar. So repetition is really important. And uh, that's, that's uh, what I keep doing. Maybe you could talk on that, just the repetition of this, right, this, yeah, sure. this message or whatever you want to call it. Okay. Thank you, Paul. Thank you Thank very you, much. Man. Well, we don't have to really talk about it. We do four talks a week. <laughs> That's called the act of repeating. Yeah. Basically, we don't really change the basic message. We just uh, riff on it. But this is more like verbal jazz, yeah? But you never leave the theme. You just go back to the theme a lot of different ways. But the theme is the basis of the whole riffing. Yeah. So, yeah, repetition's helpful. Or it can be unhelpful. See, this is the thing. It's really based on what's be It's us, yeah? Us can make something helpful, unhelpful. Yeah, it's, you got to know how you're getting cooked, yeah? If you're cooked, you got to move to the next sort of uh, plate, in a way. So, something that seemed essential and important on one level, when that level gets changed, it's not as essential and important. So you really have to know moving on, yeah? You know, that's a lot of times people, like a, a man here, uh, David from England, we had a nice uh, share about he would pray, you know, the, uh, the third step prayer every day. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. And then he, was not he noticed that it had got to the point that it was a, praying that, that the bondage would be relieved was covering up the fact that he was in the state of relief, yeah? Which was really cool. So he had been doing something, and at a point it had a lot of value. Please relieve me of the bondage of self. But then it was starting to cloud the fact that he was in the relief of the bondage of self by hoping to be relieved of the bondage of self, yeah? So he was hoping for a future condition that he actually was in now. So this is how things that are helpful or unhelpful are, more, are based on us, more on the thing itself, yes? So when you get changed sufficiently, like I did something when I came in to AA, when something nice occurred to me and to others, I would just say, thank you, God, that was more than enough because I had a sense of entitlement that I, nothing was never enough. I wanted more. As soon as I got a little, I said, why didn't I get a whole lot? You know? 
So I just would do this little trick until it changed a certain condition, until actually a condition had changed, and then one day I stopped and I never did it again. Yeah? That's sort of what I'm speaking of. I'm trying to imply we're the power that gives meaning to everything that comes after us. Yeah? We're it. Yeah? So... Certain things are important and, and essential in the beginning of AA that may not be essential down later in AA, yeah? The stuff of you doing a lot in the beginning is the big convincing factor, and then it becomes totally unimportant down the road, and the importance is recognizing that without any thought or effort, something has put you in a position of neutrality. That has nothing to do with doing at that time, yeah? So there's always, I mean, it's sort of like, uh, Jesus Christ, you know. When you're far away from the sun, you'd have to have some nice jackets. As you're moving towards the sun, your fucking fashion changes, yeah? You don't need those long jackets anymore. You're pretty toasty the whole time. So there's a, it's based on where we are that gives what, gives the meaning to things that are around us, yeah? So... I'm hoping I'm getting something through. It's a hard one to speak of because it's uh, you know we're it in a way, yeah. So I can make something. You know, in the when I was young, there was service, yeah, and then it gets subtler, and then there's a way I can make something uh, service, and I can make something not of service, even though it looks like service, yeah? It's just, we're, we're the determining factor. Just like it says in the, that forward, there's a seem, it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's our role, yeah? In other words, we can make, we can make something seem like it's a hopeless state of mind and body or not, yeah? So when you change that, which is making something seemingly so, it changes the things that are being made seemingly so. Yeah? Yeah. So that's my attempt. <laughs> Move on to another idea. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. Shannon, how are you, mate? From uh, Wyoming. Hey, man. Hi, guys. My first time here. I'm quite enjoyed this as I've been having to take care of some loose ends and some other stuff. You know, as uh, you were talking a minute ago, I can remember uh, my sponsor at the time, Dave Strauss, was standing in an alcoholics anonymous meeting in Silk, Colorado. Dave looked at me and he said, God damn it, one of these days you've got to quit trying to pole vault over mouse turns. And I thought of that when you were talking about the mind a minute. You know, my magic magnifying mind has the ability to screw up a cheese sandwich. And I, I, I missed the first part of this, forgive me, but the other thing I thought about was, sorry, let me mute that, I apologize you guys, was the story Freedom from Bondage. In the beginning where she talks about the way her mind was the way it was from as far back as she could remember and that she never did react to any she never did react normally to any emotional situation. And that really struck me. 
you know, I, I hollered out the window one day when I was still driving dump trucks. I hollered out the window one day. I said, David, I said, damn it, I said, I just want to die. He said, well, you can't die until you come to the meeting tonight. So I got, to, I got to the meeting that night. He says, you know, he says, the problem with you is you've been in a bad neighborhood all day. I said, but I've been between here and Aspen. Which neighborhood are you talking about? Dave looks at me, starts laughing. He says, you've been driving around in a cab of that Mack truck all day with me, myself, and I. And he said, those are three people you're no longer allowed to hang out with. Because every time you go up there and play with them guys, you end up in a bag of shit. So I appreciate the talk, and I'll, I'll try to make more of these so I can hear the beginning of it. But I've enjoyed what you've said today. It's, it's been needed and necessary, and I appreciate it. Thank you. Good on you, Shannon. Thank you for the share, yes. Yeah, I have a, I used to use the term, what's not happening. Because in the mental state where the problem resides, what's not happening actually is lent more importance than what's happening. Yeah. So what's not happening for the ones who are addicted in, with the mental state becomes what's happening. Yeah. So we're being driven by all these forms of fear and shit that couldn't be provoked by what's happening, but they are stoked and, and uh, provoked by what's not happening. Yeah, the entertaining of what's not happening. And, uh, you know, I used to joke around about going into psychiatry and I was going to be specialized in what's not happening. And I would just work one day a year and I would, uh, everyone would sign up for an appointment thinking it was going to be an hour, but I knew better. So I could have like 60 people lined up. And they'd walk in and start bitching about what's not happening. And I would point out to them, hey, that's not happening. See you next week, Mr. Smith, basically. Because once you start applying a solution to what's not happening, that's the bigger problem. You don't see it? When we react and try to seek a solution to what's not happening, it's given what's not happening a reality. It doesn't have, yeah? What's happening lends its quality over to what's not happening. We are what's happening, like it or not, yeah? We are what's happening. The mental state wants to take that and lend it to what's not happening, yeah? And now we're burdened by what's not happening to the point where we're responding all day or reacting all day as if there's a, a fearful event that's happening, which it isn't, yeah? It's unbelievable. And it's unbelievable, you know, we, like we talked about taking certain things that are good and then they turn into a disservice. Adaptability is one of those. We have an incredible ability to adapt, but we have adapted way too much. Yeah, we have, we need to make a stand on some things. We can't just fit ourselves around this shit all day. Yeah. There's got to be, we have to start seeing what is and what ain't. Yeah, and not having such a confusion about that. Because what is, is what's giving life to what ain't. There's a transfer from what is, which is us, by the mental vehicle into what ain't 
and what ain't now becomes the dominant influence in our day. That's insane to me. You know? It's insane to me. We have to, you know, AA shows us when you come in after the first few months, hopefully you start realizing your role in things. Well, our role in things is much bigger than, oh, you know, I have a resentment because that guy punched me in the bar and I tell everyone the story, but I, I exclude the 30 minutes before where I try to make a move on his girlfriend, yeah? So it sounded like I was just an innocent victim of a wild motherfucker who punched me in the face, but I made a move on his girlfriend. So, wow, that's a huge awakening for us, yeah? I start seeing my role in things. Well, we have a huge role in things. We are what's happening. Giving what's happening, giving the meaning to what's not happening, that it's happening. It's insane, yeah? We're, we're making mountains out of molehills. We're doing tons. We're not. This whole activity is going on, and we're living as if this is just the way it is. It doesn't have to be this way, yeah? It can be exactly the way it's appearing, yet with your withdrawal, you'll be able to walk through it, not walk in it as it, yeah? There's a possibility here. We're giving everything, everything, all the meaning it has. Lesson two of the Course in Miracles. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. You can believe it or not, but check it out. Maybe that's the case. Maybe I'm giving a meaning to next week that it's sufficient to eclipse today on me. That's insane to me. Yeah? Monday is, 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 more, is more Monday than is enough. I don't want Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Monday. It's fucking way too much. Yeah? Does the Saturday encroach on the Monday? No. I bring the Saturday to the Monday. I bring it. Yeah? So you lose interest in self and you'll lose interest in what's not happening. And you'll gain interest in what's happening. It's just that simple. Yeah. It's the position that causes you to receive one information and not the other. It's the position of the satellite dish. You can receive, but it's where the satellite is positioned. That's what you're going to receive. Yeah. The AA program is taking that satellite dish away from the fucking failed antenna and putting it on the working antenna. Yeah? So now we can pick up information that's fucking valuable and reliable, and it's about what's happening. <laughs> yeah? Instead of a giant false advertising campaign all day. Yeah? Why do you think they use the acronym in recovery, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real? Because that's what's happening. There's false, false evidence appearing real to us. We give it the reality that it gets. We give it. False evidence is false evidence from the beginning and to the end. False evidence seen in a certain way appears real to us. Yeah? Seen through the mental fucking glasses, it appears real. Yeah? False evidence is appearing real. That's what's happening all day.
and then if you respond to it after it appeals real, that's reinforcing its reality. Yeah? False evidence needs to be seen as false evidence. You don't deal with false evidence after it appears to be real. You deal with it at the level of false evidence. You can see it. If we're the reality, and that reality is being lent to tons of fucking shit, hey, maybe there's something that could manage that reality better than the self-centeredness. Maybe trusting something infinite would manage our reality better, yeah? And maybe it would put attention and interest in what's interesting and worthy of attention instead of fucking made-up shit all day. We can't do it, obviously. But something can. Something can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Let's be clear about what we can't do for ourselves, and that will open us up to having something do it for us. Yeah? I don't want a higher power of my own understanding. I want a higher power of its own understanding. Why would I want to cripple it with my understanding? Yeah? Abandon all your old ideas. That's one of them. I have to have my understanding of a higher power. That's a fucking old idea. Yeah? A new idea would be, hey, I'm open. You reveal to me what you want. Yeah? See what happens. I'll take your cues instead of having, I don't want to set the dance steps for you. I'll let you, I'll le- you lead the dance and I'll fucking follow to the best of my ability. Yeah. No. These are the, perhaps there is a better way. These are the way. Yeah. All right. Dave. Sure. Um, so, he, um, James Lebowski says he's been banned for 30 days, so he just wants to know if he could come in and ask a quick question. If not, he's, he knows. Uh, yes, he knows. Can and ask a, oh. this is on a quick question. Okay, quick question from you, Lebowski. Uh, no question. I just want to say that while you were talking about false events appearing real, I was able to put the pooper scooper story and a false events appearing real together. <laughs> And it, yeah. and it landed. So thank you. Yeah. Because I've sat in meetings where we've talked about false events appearing real, and then someone starts reinforcing that it's the action figure that needs to understand that the false, you know what I mean? The, the activator yeah. of the false events is the one that, and you just knocked that out of the ballpark for me. So. Yeah, surely. Yeah. Self isn't, we're recovering from self. Self isn't recovering. We're recovering from self. Self is not recovering. <laughs> yeah. Self has, has a defined nature. It's not going to grow a new one. <laughs> you can cultivate all of, you will cultivate it all you want. When push comes to shove, just li- I live in a very rich area. And uh, you go to the airport, everyone's very civil and very nice. But when, uh, when s- uh, just a couple of flights get canceled, watch what happens. <laughs> They're getting in line, fucking elbowing. It's all out the window. It's just all a very thin facade. It could be broke like that, yeah? 
<laughs> the thing <laughs> you can, you know, like in Zen, they would say like putting lipstick on a pig or painting legs on a snake. That's how wasted of time it is. Just see you're not that. Yeah. And you'll blossom. Don't wait for it to blossom. It ain't. Yeah, it ain't. <laughs> it doesn't bloom anything. It fucking feeds off your blooming. That's what it does. <laughs> so, all right, I think that's it, eh? Okay, that's it, yep. So, I see um, Zoe Banks there and Stevie B. Nice to see you, everyone. Tracy, Rob. Rob, you don't seem so far today. Rob's asleep. That's good. That's the best way to get the message. So, Dave, yeah, I think we should say goodbye. Eh? Yeah, that's it. I was say, just remind everyone, we're, we're, back on, we're back on Thursday. I same fell time. off the Zoom. So, Paul, we're back on Thursday at the same time um, for everyone to, to keep going. And you've got your own, uh, Paul's got his uh, satsangs on Wednesdays and Saturdays um, at uh, zenbitchlap.com so go to the zoom rooms there and that's at 1 30 on saturday and bitch sorry bitch slap, zen bitch slap yeah and uh at all seven right. o'clock on wednesday i hope we all had one today got one big time bang <laughs> i hope you got one today yeah i did so you can have one i line? sent it to each square so if you're not feeling it now you will later yes Elena, you got slapped for sure. Mike Z, he's in a perpetual slap. Thomas, you're trying to evade it, but eventually he'll catch up to you. Rob Farr, he's slapped away. James, I'm not calling him Lebowski Braun. I'm calling him Gandalf. Yeah. Yeah. He's been slapped. Paul Hedeman's definitely been slapped. Jess, yes. Who else? Everybody. Mark, Vaccaro, Kristen, Dennis, Shannon, everybody. Howard from Oklahoma. It's a pleasure seeing everyone. Thanks for uh, coming and keeping this thing alive. Uh, yeah. I've lost everybody. They all disappeared. So, David, thank you. Let's thank David and Mike. David and Daz. David started this whole thing. And, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank hey, David, call me up. I will, yeah. I'm going to ask you a favor. Thanks a lot. If you can hear me. Yeah, I can. I think I lost them. Oh, we're here. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. Oh, yeah, see you soon, Mickey. Stevie B, will you hang around for a sec, mate?